I hate objections. You hate objections. Everyone hates objections. Today, we're going to discuss the six primary objections in sales and how you can overcome them. That's the subject of today's sales tutorial on the Do This Sell More Show. Hi, my name is Dave Lorenzo. This is the Do This Sell More Show. Today, we're discussing the six primary sales objections and how you can overcome them. That's right. This is a sales tutorial on the psychology of objections and how you can handle each one of these in a way that is smooth, a way that is like butter and puts you on a roll. That's right. We're fixing sales objections forever. And before we do that, I need to remind you that if you're new here, I want to say welcome. And we come to you each day right here, delivering great sales information designed to help you make a great living and live a great life. Okay, let's talk about the six primary objections and how you can overcome them. Number one. Number one is the unspoken objection. These are the things that clients just don't tell you. Now, you have to surface these yourself, and this is a great way to establish some urgency in the buying process. Oftentimes, clients will be thinking things at the outset of the process, and either they can't figure out a way to articulate it, or they're just too shy to articulate it, or they just don't trust you enough yet. So you have to ask some questions. You have to be nurturing and careful in the way you draw these objections out so that you can address them. Here's a script you can use to discuss unspoken objections, draw them out of the people with whom you're speaking, of the prospect that you're interfacing with at the moment. You'll notice that these questions are open-ended. That allows plenty of breathing room for the prospect to get to the heart of the matter, to really address the things that are bothering them. So you can say things like, why is this the right time to address this problem? Or, wow, gee, you've had this problem for so long, why do you wanna fix it now? Why, why is this a good time to fix it now? Or something along the lines of, what has prevented you from solving this problem in the past? Your whole goal with unspoken objections is to surface them, bring them up, get them out in the open, talk about them, and let the prospect vent. Once the prospect releases and they tell you why they haven't fixed these objections in the past or why this is finally the right time, you can get a sense for whether or not they're serious and whether or not they're really pressed to solve this problem now. Number two. These are control objections. What's happened over the years is people have become resistant to being sold on things. They don't want to have things forced on them. And they think that because you're there and you're in a meeting that this is going to be some type of used car sales job. They're very resistant. They want to retain control of the process themselves. You'll hear them say things like, we're just not ready for this now, or now's not the right time, or I don't, I don't feel like I can handle this right now, or this is just too much to do all at once. Those are control objections. They wanna maintain control of the process. What you have to do is you have to acknowledge, agree, and affirm that they're headed in the right direction. And I'll show you what that looks like. Of course, Mr. Prospect, this is not the right time. I completely agree with you. You're probably not ready to do this. 
a lot of my other clients, my best clients, as a matter of fact, said the same thing when we first started working together. But once we moved through the process, they not only agreed to work with me, but they became my best clients. And now they recommend me to dozens of other people each year. So you're acknowledging, of course, you're agreeing, always agree, never fight with the client. You, you have time to do this. No, no, no. Of course, I understand you don't have time. I agree, you probably don't have time to do this now. Most of my best clients said that when they started down this road. But once we got to talking, they became fantastic clients and now they recommend me to dozens of people. You're affirming that other people who felt the way they currently feel did this and they maintain control, they feel so good that they recommend you to other people. That's the key thing. You acknowledge the fact that those people stayed in control just like you, Mr. Prospect, are going to stay in control. That's why we call these control objections. And you acknowledge that they will maintain control, they will stay in control, and things will move along just great. Number three. These are projection objections. That's when you come across someone who's angry, unhappy, or just plain old cranky, and they're taking it out on you. They're projecting their anger, their bad behavior, their nastiness on you. What you need to do is you need to be professional and very gentle in handling these types of, of objections. When they come off and they say something to you like, I can't believe you're pressuring me. This is just too much and you're really giving me a hard time about these deal terms and I just can't believe that I have to work with you on this. When you hear things like that, it's not about you and you have to remember that it's not about you. And while you're doing that, you maintain your professional demeanor, you wait for them to vent all that anger out and you look at them and you say, I can see you're upset and I feel very badly that you're so upset. You're acknowledging their feelings. And then you say to them, I just have one question. Why did you invite me in here today? Why, why are we together? Why, why are we sitting here together? What were you hoping I could do for you? Notice how I've changed my tone. I'm very soft-spoken now. I can see you're angry. It's obvious that you're upset. And I feel badly that you're this upset. Let me just ask you one question. What was the reason you invited me in here today? What were you hoping I could do for you? You're just being very gentle and very nurturing. And you're asking them, taking the temperature down, you're asking them why they invited you in. Because you didn't force your way in. You didn't kick the door down and get in there. They invited you in to help solve this problem. Why did you invite me in? all of a sudden you'll realize that the person, all that negative energy just drains from them. And they say, I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. Here's why I invited you in. This is what I really am hoping you can do for me. And you'll have a nice adult conversation. That's how you handle objections when somebody's projecting their anger on you. They may be angry and frustrated with the process. They may be angry and frustrated with someone else who is in there before you or with their lot in life or with their boss or with their stature in the company. It's got nothing to do with you. So just take it down a notch. Don't worry about the tone. They're projecting that anger on you. You can diffuse it by using this technique. 
Number four. Number four is what I call the genius objection. The client wants to show you how smart he is. He's brilliant. He knows your stuff as well as you know your stuff. And that's great for you. So you need to treat him like he's a fantastic person. You need to flatter him. So the client says, of course, and the harama shaft is connected to the crankshaft, and you do the harama and hamana by, by connecting it to the bibidi And you say, that's right. Wow, you really know your stuff, Jim. You know this better than I do. I'm so glad I get to work with you, somebody who's an expert in this area. Flatter the heck out of him. Help him understand that you get that he's really smart, really sharp in this area. Reaffirm that every chance you get. Once you do that, the genius objections melt away and he's on your side. He'll be pitching your solution to his bosses in no time. That's how you handle the genius objection. Make that guy part of the team. Bring him into the boss. He'll pitch the stuff as well as you do, and you can sit back and relax, and he'll take you along for the ride. The genius objection is one of my favorites. I want a genius in every company because he's going to help me sell my solutions to everyone all up and down the line. Number five. This is process, product, and procedure. These are the objections related to little idiosyncrasies of the process or little features of the product or specific steps in the procedure. And you have to be able to counter these fact-based logical objections with all of your product knowledge and your skills. In fact, if you have an expert, this is the time to bring the expert in to show people all throughout the process how it works because we're at a point now where they're gonna buy from you. They're just looking for the logic to justify all of the emotions that are going into this decision. So answer every process, product, and procedure question. Show them everything they wanna see. Do demo after demo. Let them take the product home if you can. Play with it, use it because once they're comfortable with the process, product, and procedure, you're just about home free. These are the last line of objections before you get to the final objection, and that's number six. Number six is the post-sale objection. That's right, the post-sale objection. This is where you prevent buyer's remorse. So number six is Stated or unstated, it is a, gee, I'm hoping I'm doing the right thing type of objection. And oftentimes, it'll sound like some form of guilt. And they'll say something to the effect of, maybe I should have run this by the committee, or maybe we should double check on this. What you want to do is you want to acknowledge it. And you want to say, well, you know, we absolutely can do that, and we probably should do that. But let's talk about all of the good things that are going to happen as a result of us doing this together today. And then you reiterate the emotional benefits to connecting and all of the emotional highlights of your relationship and the things that are going well and the value you've already provided and the value you will provide in the future and what their future will look like and how successful they're going to be personally. And then after all that, you say, once we get through this process and we get the contract signed, I'll go with you to the committee and we'll talk about the return on investment you're going to receive. And I'll stand right there and commit to that return on investment just like I did with you. So you're going to make them feel great about that. And you're going to say, and we'll also present all the testimonials from all my other clients. And you show all the other client testimonials at that point from companies just like this company, from companies that are even of a higher stature than this company or that have more revenue than this company or that have a greater reputation than this company in the industry. 
once you do all that, particularly show the testimonials, the client will feel really good. So what you're doing, you're showing testimonials at the end from businesses that are of higher stature than theirs, from businesses that do more revenue, from businesses that have more to lose. And these businesses that have more to lose have done work with you all throughout the years. You've got a testimonial right there from the president of that company, from the secretary of this company, from the executive vice president of this company, all those testimonials are there. They're having a huge impact. They get them over that feeling of buyer's remorse, and it settles their post-sale objection. Those are the six most common objections in all of sales, and that's how you overcome them. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and until next time, I hope you do this and sell more, and we'll see you right back here again tomorrow on The Dave Lorenzo Daily.